Hi, welcome to SocialShame.com's podcast. My name is Emmanuel Mio, and I'm happy to have you as a listener today. Thank you for joining. SocialShame.co helps emerging founders and athletes leverage peer collaboration and social capital as a resource to launch and grow impactful ventures. So on our show, we'll feature the personal stories and business journeys of mission-driven founders from our SocialShame.co community. Now, these are founders and leaders who are committed to growing social and environmental-focused companies aimed at solving core issues and challenges in their communities. So as a listener, you will have the luxury of using these stories, perspectives, tips, and the industry knowledge of your peers as a business growth resource for your own projects and mission. I am Emmanuel Mill, founder and CEO of SoShame.co, and I'm happy to be your host today. Hi everyone, man! Welcome. I'm so, I'm so glad you were able to join us today. How are you all doing today? Doing great, man. Good to be here, man. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for having us. Oh, good. Ah, thank you, thank you. So, uh, why don't we start with a quick round of introductions uh, and uh, share a little bit about uh, why you're here? Why do you why you think this is so important to have? And uh, you know. I'm excited, but if you are, I share why you are excited as well. <laughs> Feel free to pass the ball to someone else. Kate, you're 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 the first one to my right. You always make me go first after <laughs> we do things and put me right on the spot. And now I'm like all hot and sweaty in here. Okay. Um, I'm Kate. I'm the lead content and publication editor for the Social Times. Um, yay! I um also run a network marketing company business that I do on the side, but mainly social aim and getting to have it be our little like brain baby child thing that we have. So I'm just excited for everything that we get to do with it and where it's going and getting to talk to all these cool people. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Taj, why don't you share, uh, share a little bit? All right, my name is Taj Deshaun. I'm an athlete career transition coach. I'm the host of the Thrive After Sports podcast. I'm the author of the new up and coming book, Thrive After Sports. I'm also a vice president of the company that helped me publish my book, self-published in 30 days. So I'm excited about that, about that new role, helping uh, athletes and just people in general tell their stories, uh, write their books, leverage their books for businesses. And I'm excited to be here, kind of like Kate just said, just to be on here with some dope people doing great things in the world and to uh, talk about equity and ownership. I'm always down for a conversation about that. So, good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Saj, man. I love what you do, bro. And I can't wait to kind of dig in uh, a little bit more. Um, Morgan, thank you for joining us today. I want you to share share a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're looking forward to today. Yeah, absolutely. Taj, congratulations on your book. That sounds incredible. I I saw it, but I guess I didn't fully process it because life moves too fast sometimes. 
congratulations on that. Um, I definitely look forward to having you speak to my college athletes at some point, because that's kind of what they're trying to figure out is telling their story. Um, but yes, my name is Morgan Jones. I'm the founder of Athletes to Visionaries and creator of The Vision Box. I help women and girls discover their path, voice, and purpose in life so they can become who they're meant to be. Um, I was a former professional athlete, um, high school All-American, and now I just use all of my experiences um, and gifts to empower the next generation. And so I'm looking forward to having this conversation um, about ownership and uh, especially for athletes. Um, I think there's a there's a big idea that we're only really can be trained to be employees, but let's talk about some ownership here. Woo. Awesome. Awesome. Man, we're owning this conversation already. Uh, Niara, we're so happy that you're able to join us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Niara. Um... I do diversity and inclusion work at my job. I have a podcast called Persisting in Color about navigating the work, the work space um, with minority identities. I also am working on a book, but it's very much on my own computer. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited. So I've been talking to Manny, I guess it's been for a couple of months now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just about what I could what I could contribute to socialaim.co. Um, but this is my first live event that I'm attending. So I'm just really excited to kind of get that like live in person through a screen vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh no, nah, thank you. Thank you. And uh and yeah, you know, uh, glad you're able to join us for this first event. Uh, so yeah, guys, and um, I'm Emmanuel Mio. Um, everyone, if you're listening to, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, I'm the founder and CEO of socialaim.co. Uh, really just growing the community, right? For uh, having been in business uh, for the last 16 years and and, for, and have been able to work in different industries, uh, you know, seeing, seeing that uh, a lot of uh, founders, including myself, right, had a, uh, had a challenge when it comes to getting over the hump, right? Um, regardless of the fact that uh, we're we're well experienced at a lot of different uh, a lot of different things, but uh, sometimes uh, if you don't have that uh, rich uncle, right, or or maybe that uh, extra uh, exemplary uh, project, right, that can just lift itself off the ground. Sometimes it doesn't just happen that way. Uh, however, I think one of the things that we could always count on a lot of times is uh, each other, our, our skill sets, our um, our network. You know, a lot of times they say your network is your net worth, right? But but how exactly do you use that or or kind of maximize that in order for you to get exactly what you want? Uh, so so that's why we launched socialm.co and just, just having the opportunity to connect with each other and also um, facilitate that for those of for those of us that it just doesn't quite come easy for us to do um but uh, you know be, being that i i'm a former athlete and uh, got into business when uh having you know nasty injury and couldn't really continue to uh play anymore or taking or uh you know sadly you know we we regardless of potential scholarship offers that kind of just didn't work out but gladly i found this book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then started learning, learning more about um, the opportunity to uh, not just own a business, but kind of see where in society that you could fit in, 
um, you know, when you when you think yes, we you can work, right? You can you can own a job, you can own equity, you can have a company, or you can make your money work for you. So it's all about it's it's all about options, right? And it's not really about understanding that it's not really um, about one being better than the other, but based on your perspectives, what do you want for you? And um, and I think it's very important that uh, today that we're we're going to talk about business and ownership because you know athletes have long been considered uh, some of the most philanthropic stakeholders in our communities. Uh, you know, since since uh, a lot of us uh, early on in this community uh, are um, former athletes or or current athletes. You know, I, I just think this is a very important discussion to have. Uh, because especially as we as we witness the rise of social entrepreneurship right now uh, in the future of technology. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to not just uh, address the core issues that we care about or s support in many other ways, but we can, you know, taking ownership can mean a whole different things. Uh, it can have a whole different meaning. So uh, why don't we just kick it off and uh, um, learning a little bit more about some of the entrepreneurship endeavors uh, that uh, that our our guests are participating in and share what it means to you. Um, Morgan, would you like to kind of share what uh, what that means to you? Why'd you get started? Why did I get started in entrepreneurship and ownership? Yeah, so how, why I got started, um, I mean, I'm sure there's a big part of it. It's probably rooted in who I am in terms of how I was uh, raised. My mom was an entrepreneur. Um, my parents came, did not, did not have college degrees, um, so they were forced to figure it out. So I saw that grind growing up. I had that example of um, how to make and create. So when I got out of college, um, I had a job. I had the, the nine to five job um, in sales and um, I enjoyed it. it. It definitely served its purpose, but I always felt like a unicorn in these environments a little bit because I was always trying to figure out better ways to do things. Like I always wanted to find like better systems and like how to get people more engaged. And like, I was almost like I was running the business and I was just like a sales employee. And so there were those little kind of seeds that I was, I was noticing about myself of like, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a leader of something. And so um, I kind of started that process of, you know, building my own personal brand and then really looking at, you know, what missions am I really, um, where can I put my, essentially, where can I put my experiences and the things that I've been through? How can those help the next person? And um, that's really where the, the kind of the root of it and essentially the root of entrepreneurship is, is solving a problem. And sometimes they come from your own experiences and what you've been through. Um, so for me, I, I started looking at the athlete process. You know, I was an elite athlete. I was the top 10 player in the country coming out of high school. Uh, I couldn't go anywhere in the country. I chose to go to Florida State University and then I played professionally. So I made it all the way through that, you know, what do you want to call it? The, uh, the stepping, I don't know, the, the, the stage of <laughs> athleticism, whatever. The ladder. Right? <laughs> and, um, and I just remember like getting to the top and saying, wow, this is, this is what I was working for. This was the dream that everyone told me, you know, go on, you'll be a pro, you'll be this. And I got there and the experience wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. Um, so I started to look at my journey of like, okay, what kind of impact can I have now? How can all of my experiences, you know, serve the next athlete? And for me, I thought a big part of the missing piece of an athlete's journey is that each one of us know 
that it's going to come to an end at some point. Like every single athlete's career ends. Why are we not all more emotionally prepared for that transition? Um, and so that's why I really started to dive in, kind of find um, some ways and some different approaches to kind of communicate this to coaches, to athletes in a way that it's received. Um, and that's where the whole company was, was birthed, the curriculum was built, and the impact is at. Man, uh, I love I love how you pointed out, you know, your your mom kind of laying that uh, laying that foundation. Man. It, isn't that like uh, isn't that amazing? Sometimes, you know, the, how we can pick up different things from our parents. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah, I do for sure. I actually picked up, ironically, I picked up the opposite from my parents, and I hope they don't listen to this recording. Uh, my folks, <laughs> they both worked corporate jobs that they hated. You know, don't get me wrong. They provided a great life for my brother and I, but I would see them mm -hmm. come home and, you know, open the wine bottle or have to put their feet up. And that was actually one of the things that kind of sparked me to be like, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do when I grow up, but it's not going to be that. So <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like working your whole life away for someone else's dreams is like the antithesis of entrepreneurship, right? Like, so I did a little bit odd. Like my mom was a helicopter pilot in the Navy and then did 20 years in the Navy and is still like government employed and then is now like a government contractor. So she's like been in government her entire life. And I swore up and down in college and high school that I was never going to join the military and all of these things. And then, you know, 2012, we had that recession and I was like, I literally cannot find a job anywhere. Like I played right. basketball in high school and I played softball too. And then I played softball in college instead of basketball but I was like I'm never gonna be a professional softball player ever <laughs> that's not just that's not an option um it wasn't good enough but I joined the military then because there were no other job options right and then I was one of the top chefs in the entire Coast Guard like got invited to work at the White House did all of these things didn't go but uh did all of these things and I was like is this really what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life like yes I'm really great at it but I am miserable every single day that I go to work, miserable every time I come home. And then you're like, what, what is there? Like, what are you doing? So I got out, tried to see if like a couple other jobs and stuff were for me. And I was not happy with any of them. I was like, really, this is it? Like got a job in corporate as a account manager for a staffing agency, how I'm at Emanuel. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I was like, I thought it was like the dream job, right? That like, you can help people, you can, um, change somebody's life and all of this stuff and then like the prejudice and the like jobs and then the disconnect between like this employer saying this is how much we're going to pay these people to work their butts off for this for us I was like this is not not fair like this is not anything I want to be a part of this is nothing that brings value to anybody's life if um and when I got furloughed I started my network marketing company and through that, like I like to joke that network marketing is like social is a personal development plan disguised as a like business model because it made me have to like actually figure out what the heck I wanted to do. Like what was I passionate about? I was always that person everyone's like, you're gonna find your passion, you'll figure it out one day. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, cool. That's a great story. I'm never gonna do it, but it's fine. But through that and through self-discovery in 2020, like ruining I say ruining, it didn't actually ruin anything because I think it if you're willing to like take the step it helps people discover what's actually what they want 
And a lot of people are turning to entrepreneurship because we see that this American dream of working for 40 years and then retiring is for what? All of these people that did that now have nothing because of one thing. You're one step closer to being um, broke than you are one step closer to being a millionaire. Like you could be a millionaire and overnight become broke and have nothing, but you can never overnight become a millionaire, right? Like people don't, there's like this huge disconnect. And that is my passion is kind of like what Mo said. I just fell off my chair. Kind of like what Mo said of, I realized that my passion was helping women, like especially women, but like being in the military and the stuff that I saw in the military and I experienced, I was like, I don't ever want any women to ever feel this way ever again. And I want women to create a community that is supportive and encouraging and understanding and like, especially if they didn't have that support growing up because a lot of us didn't. And then in the military and in sports, like, yes, there's there's team camaraderie and there's all this stuff, but there's still always the backstabbing, oh, you're better than me, oh, you're gonna get the MVP trophy and I'm not, and so I'm not gonna help you. Like, that is just not okay with me. So, don't know where I was exactly going with this, but I just think that it's vital, everything that we do in entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship is literal life lessons. Like, everyone should have to be an entrepreneur uh, and figure it out. (laughs) I feel like it's such a common theme, though, like, right? Not knowing, not knowing what to do next. And, and, and like, uh, I think Taj, you know, I, I think you could probably relate a little bit to that, you know. Uh, you know, I want to hear kind of your point of view on this, and I, and and, and then and then kind of get back to Mo because I know she talked about uh, how she ended up figuring out, you know, setting up a vision, you know, how how important that was. Uh, what's your take on that, Tosh? Uh I had a very similar journey into entrepreneurship as Mo and Kate, where they just broke it down. Mm-hmm. Where I came out of, I played, I did not play professionally. Uh, I played college football at Sunnybrook University, and I knew I wasn't going to the next level, but still had no idea what I was going to do afterwards. So like most athletes, I got into sales because sales jobs are always hiring. And uh, I was pretty good at it. I was making good money, but I was miserable. I, you know, I didn't like sitting in a cubicle. Uh, that was really difficult for me. But I really started to lean into how I kind of discovered it was leaning into helping people, you know, um, and through recruiting, through being able, I made a shift from sales to recruiting. And as I got into recruiting, uh, I really liked the idea of taking someone from point A to point B. Um, and that started to like be the spark for me to be like, okay, I want to do this, continue to run with this theme, but I want to do something on my own. So I explored all kinds of ideas. I was thinking about being a personal trainer and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I explored all kinds of ideas. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And then, uh, just like Mo, like the light bulb went off for me one day because I was researching what was available specifically to collegiate athletes after they were done playing. And I couldn't find anything. I mean, there there's companies that can help you find a job. There was nothing with like a holistic approach to help someone get through the transition and actually figure out what they really want to do. So that's kind of where uh, my journey started. And just in terms of ownership and equity, it was important to me Cause at a certain point, as I started building and, and getting clients and developing relationships with people in athletic departments, I had opportunities come up to like, you know, work in athletic departments, work at right. San Diego State in the athletic department. But once again, just being able to have full control and not even from a point of ego, but just full control over my impact, right? Like right. we live in 2020, 
you know, like Kate just said, there's no reason to not have something going for yourself with all these tools at our disposal. So I felt like, you know, why would I want to be boxed in somewhere where I can work with any athlete and serve on a, a bigger scale and do that from anywhere in the world and work with athletes, even, you know, out the country if I need to versus being confined to a set group, if that makes right. sense. So. I don't even know if I answered your question, Emmanuel. That's that's just what came to mind right now. That's how I feel all the time. <laughs> I was like, what was the question again? <laughs> um, to add on, though, about sitting in the cubicle and not feeling, I feel like, I just had kind of a brain dump. Aaron, you know, I get these all the time. I feel like as athletes, like, we did well in school and we thought we were good at, like, sitting at a desk and doing schoolwork or working and doing our jobs, but we always had an outlet. Right. Always were up at freaking 5 a.m. for practice in the morning and then worn out. So, of course, we can sit at a desk or do whatever for multiple hours at a time. And then you get out of class, in college, for instance, you get out of class at 3 and go to practice until 7 o'clock at night and then go eat and then do your homework and go to bed. But then when sports are over, I had the hardest time sitting at a desk job. I didn't ever realize that I had a hard time sitting in a desk job because in the Coast Guard, I was a chef. And so I was constantly moving or I was working on the buoy deck or I was driving a small boat or I was doing everything. And then I got my first big girl corporate job sitting at a desk and I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, I literally, I, just, I would like constantly be shaking my foot or have to pace and all the rest of the people in the office are just sitting there typing away, staring at their computers. And I'm like, how do you guys sit still for nine hours like you guys have gotten up twice to go to the bathroom like how how is this possible how does that <laughs> and we need that outlet we're so used to it if you think about it i started playing sports when i was five so from the time you're five to the time you're 28 29 whatever that's all you've known is perpetual motion and then you tell these people to sit down at a desk and do work and do it this way but our brains are no longer wired that way mm -hmm. so what what is the answer because for us i don't think and i think that's why a lot of athletes don't have success at like going from sports to instantly sitting in a desk job or right. doing something like sales where we're sitting in a cubicle because we're so used to networking and we're so used to talking to everyone all the time that then it becomes just, like a know. normal job is just like confining that's like when you think of uh of entrepreneurship though i know like we have a lot of uh, uh, whether you call it skill set or uh, intangibles, right? That that could really make the difference or push the needle, right? And uh, what what are some of the things you think that we can uniquely take uh, take advantage of, right, to kind of drive success in that entrepreneurship journey? What do you what do you think, Mo? What, what the question is what what tools do i think that athletes need or no like some of the intangibles that that we can leverage right to kind of drive success in the entrepreneurship journey uh for example like you you know share some of your journey i i see some of the things that you're doing very well and i think a lot of that may have to do with some of the disciplines that you picked up along the way yeah absolutely i think um you know as athletes we we know what it is to be disciplined. We know what it is to push. We know what it is to persevere. We know how to work with different people. Um, we we have the ability to connect. Um, we have the ability to see a goal and know how to get there and make the steps to get there. So we have a lot of those um, those great intangible benefits, if you will. Um, 
but I think, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for, you know, entrepreneurs is like to be successful entrepreneur, you have to build the habits around entrepreneurship. So there's, there's the idea that like entrepreneurship is fun. You get to work from home and you get to like, you know, like go hang out on the weekends. You can go to Cancun and work from Cancun. Like, yeah, you get those benefits, you know what I mean? And, and that was definitely exciting. But at the same time, like you have to build out your own habits. Like no one's telling you when to get up, when to work. Um, no one's going to tell you, you know, not to take that phone call or, you know, when to take a lunch, like everything is revolved around you. So, and you are only going to be as productive, um, you know, as, as what you put around you. So, um, that was a big thing for me was the habits. So I read the book, um, Atomic Habits, which it's a pretty popular book. I'm sure maybe some of you guys have read it. That really kind of transformed my mindset around how to build and create sustainable habits. Um, and it's been a it's been a huge change for me. So, for instance, a prime example is where I live right now. Um, I set myself up so I don't have to leave my house or my apartment community. So I picked a unit that was the closest to the leasing office, which I'm sitting here sitting in the conference room, which has a coffee machine right here, and then I go to lunch. So, and my gym is right here. So I literally do everything within 15 steps, but it's to produce productivity on my end to eliminate the mind of thinking I've got to go to a coffee shop. I've got to go here. I've got to drive here. So um, that stuff comes within your journey because each person needs help with different type of habits. For me, it's right. the distraction aspect. Um, but I think you know that's a, that's a tool that people can start doing right now is getting disciplined in their habits. Mm. Learning discipline into habits. Uh, it, that's a that's a key point. That's a key point, and I know uh, you may have some a few things to add on that, Taj. And I know that that's that's kind of like uh, a territory I have a lot of respect for you in. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I think everything Mo just said was was spot on, and I think just to add on to it, like obviously I'm preaching to the choir because anybody on this call understands the type of work that goes into entrepreneurship. Like Mo said, you're not just sitting on the beach in Cancun, you know, living the laptop lifestyle. Like I work harder now than I ever did in my life. You know, I'm putting in 12, 16 hour days back to back to back, but I don't burn out the same way after a 12 hour day working on something that I'm passionate about. I don't burn out where I would in an eight hour shift at a job or doing something that I'm not passionate about because that's the motor that keeps me going. So I think for anybody listening in on this, who's considering entrepreneurship or, you know, for people listening who may be starting out in entrepreneurship, it's so important that you're not just doing it for a check because in reality, you're not going to really, you're not going to get rich overnight. It might take you years and years and years before you get compensated at all by what you're doing. So I just think it's really important that whatever you start out in, don't just trying to do something because it's trendy or because you think it's cool or because you think you're going to make a quick buck or really focus on uh, what is the impact? What is the cause that you're getting behind? Uh, another thing I would say is really, you don't have to do everything alone. You know, for a long time, I was a solopreneur, which especially for athletes doesn't make a lot of sense because we come from a background of working as a team. And then I see a lot of people who, when they go out, they branch off into business or start something, you try to do everything by yourself. And at the end of the day, we need each other. I mean, that's why we're here. That's what social aim is about anyway, is to encourage that collaboration. So that's something I wish I would have started doing sooner because as I started to collaborate with people, uh, things started to grow and expand and the impact was greater. So yeah, I just wanted to add that on to what Mo was saying. I'll add to that too. One thing I know you do really well, Taj, because when we talked, I mean, we may have talked, what, two years ago? Like it's been I a think minute. so. When we first, yeah. <laughs> 
I would say like your consistency is, is off the charts. Like you consistently show up on all platforms. Are you just, when I first met you, you were just on like, <laughs> and now you've got like an Instagram. I remember you telling me, you're like, oh no, I ain't going over there yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's just really cool to see because you, you do, you come across a lot of people that have good ideas. You know, and they're like, oh, I think I'm gonna get started and stuff. And then that you just watch their consistency. So just know I see you, I see you. <laughs> hey, I see you too, Bo. Your grind inspires my grind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, she's so on point with that consistency though, cause cause I remember I think I, I think about two years ago too, uh, uh, when you were doing those accountability calls and everything like that. And then and then every now and then I, you know, I, I check. I think uh even recently it was still like still doing that man and 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 holding account uh, uh athletes in your uh in your program accountable and and i think that repetition you know and and also having a system and following that system exactly that that same way uh i think does a lot man uh speaks to why why you have a lot of success in what you do Thank you, man. It's funny. It's ironic that you guys are telling me this because I feel like I'm terrible at social media. I'm not consistent at all. I barely post. I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't feel like posting anything today. I'm just trying to do my work. But I have to keep in mind that posting is a form of the work, you know, like doing the podcast, putting out content. That's a form of helping the people that we're trying to help. So, like I said, but you, all of you on here inspire my grind. So every time I see you post, I'm like, man, I need to be more consistent. Like, Mo, like a man, like social, like, I need to get on it, you know? It's a grind. It's a grind. Cause I'm with you on that too. <laughs> Let's dive a little bit uh, more on on the equity piece. Uh, you know, cause we we hear that a lot sometimes, and I and you know I just want to kind of speak a little bit more on that and what and what that opportunity looks like. You know, uh, first and foremost, right? For those for those uh, some of our audience who may who may have who may have heard this for. A, a, for the first time or it isn't familiar that that's basically you owning owning a piece of a company right and there are many different avenues to to doing that and, and we think especially as uh athletes may have a unique position in terms of getting that position right because we um like we said in, in the beginning a lot of times we we're we're uh leading a lot of philanthropic causes right well you know, we're talking about social causes because we, you know, this is about social entrepreneurship and, and this is about um, directly impact different social and environmental issues that we care about. So that opportunity may come uh, via, uh, via via partnerships or via, uh, you know, the opportunity to get in early and partnership may come in many different ways. Are there like any examples uh, um aside from from our direct projects that you may have come across or maybe it's a partner uh, or potential endorsements that you could have maybe thought of you may, you may want to share share a little bit and kind of see what that opportunity can look like for us yeah so I um, you're saying like so you want us to speak on the um just different entrepreneur or just different companies that are how to get involved in social issues. Right. Just, just, just the opportunity of, uh, either, you know, owning, uh, owning equity or get involved in, in social issues that you can eventually, eventually, uh, 
venture out into? Yeah, absolutely. So I have equity right now in um, something that I truly care about, um, which is high school development. So it's a tech startup. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it's definitely, um, it's important, but I think again, it goes back to like, like you said, like what are some, what are the things you really care about? Um, and, and then invest in those things progressively, mm. right? So for me, I think it looks, it may look different for each one of us on this call. So like for me, things I care about, like I'm a type one diabetic. So I would be, I would want equity in something like that. You know, something along those lines. Um, I would be interested in getting more involved in those type of things. Um, I got approached to actually, they have a huge type one um, diabetic conference with all these kids. They play sports and stuff. And they have <laughs> Um, so I was asked to go be a speaker at that. It's like stuff like that. Like I would love to be involved in. Um, but you know, when it comes to equity, I think um, I think that it was when I first had the conversation. It was such a uncharted territory um, that I was just introduced to it really for the first time. And um, luckily, you know, I had some good mentors around me to guide me through what that looks like. But I think it, I think it's crucial to start having just these conversations more normally. <laughs> um, I think the first thing we think of is the dollar, but then right. not with the big vision, right? Of where could this go and how could that, you know, what could that do for me and my family in the future? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a key point too that you that you shared, right? A lot of times people may think, oh man. Uh, I need a ton of money. How do I, you know, you immediately probably think of stocks, right? Yes. And, and in many ways, right. It, it stocks represent equity, right. But it, in many ways, but we're also talking about the opportunity of either starting something that, that can drive, uh, drive the causes that you care about. For example, like Mo said, right. Uh, you know, if, uh, as a diabetic, right, you 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 draw to that cause. So there 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 could be many opportunities there because there's technology behind a lot of uh, solutions. There's technology uh, or business opportunities, right? Because there are people working in the field and there are people working on different ideas that could create changes that we can about. For example, um, last year I think um, uh, 2019 is dubbed as like the year of of um of breakthrough especially for athletes like we've seen uh a number of athletes invest in and like the different causes now when we're just talking about technology um for example i think um um mellow steph you know and even iggy right who were some like early investors uh, but not just, you know, in regards to like money, because a lot of times you could turn um, uh, opportunities, endorsement opportunities it, it, into negotiating a piece, a piece of the company or or negotiating right stocks. Uh, so so kind of thinking about that, because uh, those are also available and and uh, philanthropy, too, as well, you know, um, any examples of uh, different companies that might um, represent some of the causes that we care about? Emmanuel, you know, I can't really, uh, first of all, I got to credit you for even educating me through the conversations we had, especially recently on what equity yeah. actually is. Because like you said, I was in a mindset of like, in order for you to have equity in a company, it has to be some sort of big partnership deal, or you have to have a lot of money to play with. Like you see, you know, athletes and celebrities buying mm -hmm. equity, but the way you broke it down for me and the way you just broke it down again, I think makes a lot of sense where 
you know, it's not, it's really just getting involved, right? Or creating those, those partnerships. You don't necessarily have to uh, have a huge financial investment. But um, for me, I think that, you know, like you said, getting involved in terms of uh, partnerships and uh, anything that has to do for me with athletes or transition, right? Um, even now with the, the company that I'm partnered with, I don't even technically, I'm, I came on board the publishing company as vice president, but I'm actually, you know, I have a branch of the company now. So, you know, that's another way of having ownership over something I believe in. I saw an opportunity where, okay, here, I'm working with athletes. Here's an opportunity to serve athletes in a different way. Now I can help you get your book done and help you launch a business and, and leverage your book for different things. So I just wanted to, to touch on, I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head, but I know for me, that's what it looks like for me is getting involved and partnering up and collaborating with different organizations and uh, making sure, because once again, we're stronger together than, than we are if we try to do everything independently, you know? And of course you can have equity by yourself. We all have equity in our own businesses, but if everybody has equity in each other's businesses, then that makes for a different type of situation. You already know, I need my, I need my social aim equity, you know, I'm still waiting on the paperwork <laughs> to come over. You know what I'm saying? I have, I've been checking my email, you know. Well, I know you keep me posted. I know you keep me posted. It might posted. be in the spam folder, man. Nah, it couldn't. From you, if it's from you, it couldn't be in the spam, man. There's no way. <laughs> I'll just keep refreshing it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, well, my only example is social aim because I was working two, three other jobs at the same time when I happened upon social aim and the funny story is like so I worked for a staffing agency and was looking for new companies like brand new companies and I found Nanny and social aim on the list of like top black businessmen in Miami and I was like hey, what's all this and I like kept searching and searching and searching and I kept going through all the companies and I was like yeah this one whatever okay cool and my intention was literally to reach out about eventually like staffing their company but then I came across the website and everything and I had just been having a conversation with all the girls on my team of like what I wanted for our vision and like helping and supporting people grow and find their passion and purpose and like creating a community of people of all these things. And then I stumbled upon social aim and I was like, you literally just took all the words that were in my brain and put them on this website already. <laughs> so I creepily reached out to him and Q, I think on um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. I was like, hey, I came across your, your company and this is super random, but I love everything you're doing and I'd love to have a conversation about it. And look, here we are. I don't even know, six months later and I quit my full-time job to be able to do social aim with Manny full-time. And so it's like, we're not anywhere there yet, but at the same time, it's like, I'm believing it so much that I was willing to quit my job to follow a passion and a purpose that I know has potential. And even though I'm not like financially putting money into a company, like our time and our resources and creating a dream and a vision of creating this community is super vital. And I think like you guys said, most of us, when we think of equity, we think of like, oh, I contributed financially to this company or like you're getting something out of the partnership, but then we forget that we as humans are capital too. Like, like we are, like in the Coast Guard, like I was considered property. Like I was property capital for the government. Like we are, we are that capital. And that is part of, we have that kind of equity to give. So that's my only example, but 
Wow. No, that's a great example. Uh, okay. Because especially when you talk about social capital, we may have heard of social capital, right? Like, and then we're like, okay, what is it? What is that? What, how do you, how do you leverage that? And that, and that is so key. And especially when, when you're in a position that, uh, you know, whether you play in the sport, whether it's at the, uh, uh, in college or in high school or at the professional level, your social capital can you know has that much of a reach right and it has different levels so it's not always about being able to write a check right but but just being able to provide a different perspective or a different skill set like it was great that uh came across uh kate when she reached out and then it was like man and then learning a little bit more about her and her background and also some of some of our needs at the time i was like man this is perfect hey by the way you know, <laughs> would you be able to help us with this? Because here's what we're trying to do, X, Y, Z. And that's what it's all about, right? Putting putting that together and using that because all of the big companies that we've, um, that we're hearing about, right? A, a lot of them started in just, maybe just a little bit of room, right? We hear about different companies starting out in a garage or right, just a dollar in a dream. Some people literally mean a dollar. And some of them, some of them don't even have that dollar, and all, all they had was the dream. So I think it, it you know, what I'm saying, like it's, it, it, it starts there. It's kind of looking for those opportunities, just to be able to get in, finding someone with an idea that kind of, right, matches your drive or or the things that you care about, and see what you can bring to the table. I think that's key too. Is like, what can you bring to the table? Um, you know, and I think you know, going to people about equity, whether it's a partnership or even like, you know, Kate, with what you did with Emmanuel, it's like, you know, you, you came to the table with with something, right? And I think that's important for people to understand is like, just because you like the cause and you feel like this may be something good for you to be involved in. I mean, to, to, to jump into a conversation of like a real partnership with someone that, you know, has, has the vision for it, you got to bring value. Um, and, and, and I'll be quite honest, just being an athlete is not enough value. Um, so if people are listening to that, like, it's just not, you got to bring something else. And I think that's one of the misinterpretations of, you know, the athlete ex experience is like, you're an athlete. So you're automatically more attractive to employers and things like that. Well, yeah, but you still have to bring value. Um, so I just, whoever's listening to this, I just want to remind you that you still have to show up <clears throat> with value and be able to connect to the why and why you're you're interested in even having equity so right right that's a that's a good point super great point and 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 to really kind of add to that and uh knowing that you need to 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 bring value right is a key and and i think you know that's kind of where uh a lot of us were going and kind of uh talking about seeing where else you know where where does your interest lead you right how can you turn that into a skill how, how can you turn that into uh into knowing what that value is right because knowing that you're not you need to bring value that doesn't mean that you don't have it but you have to figure out what it is and how can you package that you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and i think um that's a really key thing and to be specific right so when um I met Kate and, and learning a little bit more about what she does, learning that, uh, hey, she she used to uh, publish her school newspaper. I was like, wait, I, I want to launch a publication, right? I want to, <laughs> to do this, but I'm not too, I'm not very experienced in that. So when you talk about value, right, um, it, 
being able to kind of share what kind of value you could bring and her being able to share I mean not just that she shared a number of things but that was part of my biggest need at the time because we didn't have a newsletter or anything so I immediately thought oh man uh, we can we can use this would you be able to help us out with that and and mm-hmm. and you know we we're able to kind of identify that right away and and make it a goal and all of these are different ways that uh, you can start participating in things right away and being able to kind of identify some of those needs I think make it even even easier um, Taj I know you've worked with a lot of athletes who uh, you know in 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 the middle of that transition period some some may have wanted to uh, pursue an entrepreneurship journey uh, are there any things that you feel like aligns with with a lot of the um, athletes that you've worked with maybe have helped them figure out what they want to do a little bit sooner or kind of made it less challenging absolutely man and like i said since having these conversations with you i feel like i'm able to use the word equity in a different capacity when i'm when i'm talking to these athletes um because as you might imagine part of the reason that an athlete feels lost in transition is because they have no why anymore you know a lot of times people go from their why is of course just performing in their sport and then the why becomes I need a check that was the case with me I need a check is not a a big enough why so you know and I've always been biased maybe I just attract these type of clients that I work with they all end up eventually wanting to get into entrepreneurship like there's a lot of people work like Danielle who I connections with um these for whatever reason man those are just the people I'm attracted but my point is that I feel like once people are able to uh, kind of lock in on that, on their on the direction that they want to go, it inevitably leads to entrepreneurship. You're not, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things you can do as a role player inside of a company, but a lot of people either want to get on board with companies who are um, doing something with social entrepreneurship or create a lane of their own. Uh, it's because, like I said earlier, we have the power to do that now. You know, so. But yeah, any a lot of athletes I work with, man. They, I mean, these are young fresh out of college people so they don't they're already like I had to go into it and I know Morgan did this too like probably all of us on here we just, we already talked about it we had to go into the corporate world right. and wonder why we were trying to feel like we were trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole and then yeah. take a step back and be like okay now I need to figure out something on my own versus I feel like a lot of today's athletes who are coming out of college like the younger folks they already have their mindset on entrepreneurship or they're already working on things while they're in college you know what I mean? So right, right. it's a different world, man. I think people are waking up to uh, to the fact that, and I love the, the, the term that, or the phrase that you coined, social entrepreneurship. Um, I just think a lot of people are heading that direction. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be able to do things on our own terms. And uh, that's where the world's heading, man. And entrepreneurship is cool now. Like <laughs> back when all of us graduated college and stuff, that was not an option oh, I want to graduate college and then just like build my own business with nothing and no money. (laughs) Yeah, people would have looked at us like we were crazy. So, but now people are seeing like, there's all the like, you know, the Instagram lifestyle people who are like, what do they do for work? But like, it's possible. And that more than anything with 2020, I was having a conversation with Manny earlier, is that people are realizing that there is more to life than living your entire life on someone else's terms working 40 hours plus a week for someone else's dream that's not yours and then having to put your dreams on the back burner 
and then maybe hopefully one day when you have time getting around to them. But 2020 is literally the year that showed people you could do that all you want and life is still gonna happen. Shit is still gonna hit the fan. You're still gonna be like not knowing what to do. So why not do what makes you happy? Because if you're gonna lose all your money getting fired from a job because COVID hit and that job is no longer applicable, why not start your own business that you're passionate about and something you know? And like Tash talked about, your why. Entrepreneurship, your why is literally the most important thing that you can have because it's the thing that keeps you going and it's the thing that drives you every day when you wanna give up because you're gonna wanna give up like three times a week doing something but your why is that thing that keeps you going and realizing that it's a bigger vision than what you have for just yourself kind of jumping off what Kate just said because I am pretty much in that space right now of like 2020 hit and it gave me more time to think and more time to start on projects and like one of the things that had held me back from a bunch of things that I considered doing for a long time was well I don't have it planned out I don't have the money saved up I don't have all of the episodes planned out for the podcast whatever it may be and for whatever reason 2020 is the year that really just like hit me in the gut with like well you have to start somewhere and i think a lot of people forget that like you have to start somewhere somewhere small and then build off of that and like remembering that there's not just one way to get there like i've been getting so much experience through through my nine to five job right now of just like picking up responsibilities so that i can hone different skills and you know like working with and finding different partnerships where I can hone these different skills while I'm like working towards whatever the final goal is yeah you just have to start and that's the thing we're in such an Instagram world I use Instagram as an example all the time it's the only platform I know how to use um but (laughs) we're in such a world where you see everyone's perfect life on Instagram and you see everyone's perfect stuff and so people are afraid to fail So they don't start until they think they're ready. But in reality, if you start, you're ahead of the game. And if you start, you're the one that's gonna end up somewhere. Because if you wait till you're ready to start your business or your cause or whatever you want to do, you're never going to start because as humans, we're designed to never completely feel ready. And that's what separates entrepreneurs from the rest of the world is that we say, yep, I'm not 100% ready. I'm not 100% sure if this looks perfect, but I'm willing to put it out there because I know that I'm going to get better. And I know that that's what it takes. Like, just like an athlete, you're not born a star overnight. You have to practice every single day. And that's where those values come back to and the disciplines that we have as athletes is that you have to start and you have to practice. And if you don't practice, you're not going to win any games. So if you don't start and you don't do something, then you're never going to win in life. You're just going to sit there and be content and complain about your life. Or you can decide, oh, I'm going to start. And if I fail, oh, well, at least I did something. And at least I can say that I tried. (laughs) Because if you never try, what are you going to be 60 years from now and be like, "Mm, yeah, I had this really cool idea when I was 30. And but I wasn't completely sure about it. So I just didn't do it. But now I wish I had at least tried. Like that's where that's where we're at in the world. And so we have to be the ones like that are brave enough to put yourself out there in situations that other people aren't willing to do. Because to get ahead, we have to be willing to do things that we've never done before. Yeah, I'd like to say, oh God. Oh, I was just gonna say, I like to say that I would rather regret doing something than not doing something. 
but you should never regret doing something because no matter what you did, it's part of your path to become who you're supposed to be and will help someone else along the way. So even things we like regret, you should never regret. You should never have regret because you acted. And it's part of your path and it's part of where you're supposed to be in life and it's supposed to be that way. You could have not done that thing, regretted not doing the thing and then going back to it, if you changed it, that would change the entire trajectory of your life. Maybe if you hadn't done that one thing you regretted, you wouldn't have gotten to the path where you are to come up with the business idea that you had. Unique perspective. Man, preach, preach. Uh, so, as we're to kind of wind it down, what does that, what does getting started look like, right? Uh, and I know we, we have like different perspectives and and uh, different ways of taking action. And what does that, what does that action look like, right? And you can tie in some of the. the uh, so some of our own ventures, right? That that could get in a, uh, someone on the right path into taking that first step. What uh, what does that look like from from your perspective, uh, Mo? So, getting started in social entrepreneurship is serve. You have to serve. Like that has to be your mindset going into anything with social entrepreneurship. Is how can I serve others? You have to literally get into the mindset of the person you're trying to serve. Um, and then go out there and do it. Like you can't, you, like like Kate was saying, like you just, you can't sit back and just think that like all of a sudden you're gonna snap your fingers and your whole vision's gonna come to fruition. It takes those steps, those salt, those small steps. Um, and, and essentially, and it's in serving because you will do a ton of stuff for free. And I think that's the misconception is that you start your business and everyone's gonna love it and it's just gonna blow up. And you're gonna make all this money and you're gonna be an entrepreneur. <laughs> that just does not. That would be great. <laughs> well, um, it's it's just like it's in that journey of serving that that person, that ideal client or consumer that um, is, is the first step. I say um, I I completely agree. My like whole philosophy in life is love, serve, grow. And so you have to like love people, serve people, and then you'll grow from there. Um, but one thing is like networking. Like you networking and figuring out like actually sitting with yourself another 2020 reference right is how many of us were so busy all the time that we were too busy to even think oh man yeah we were too busy to even think about what our life was doing and we'd wake up go to work eat food go to sleep wake up do it all over again and you never had time to like think about what you want so my like advice for someone especially a college student or someone wanting to get into this is sit down with yourself no music, no distractions, and just write. And tell. try to ask yourself, like, what do I actually like doing? Not what your parents think that you should be doing, that they've been telling you since you were a kid, so you're programmed to think that that's what you wanna do. But like, what do you actually like to do? Do you like riding your bike around the city or is that just like the way you get to work? Do you like watching TV? Do you like like, what do you like to do? Not based on anyone else's opinions, but you. And then figure out how to meet and network with other people that like to do those things. So like LinkedIn, for instance. Network with everybody because you don't know what conversation is going to lead you into an idea that could change the entire trajectory of your life. 
So network, network, network with as many different and diverse kinds of people, people that don't think like you, people that don't look like you, people that don't act like you, people that if you watch them on the street, you'd be like, what the heck are they doing? Like, <laughs> get to know those people and try to like, just get to know everybody. And how your mom told you when you were a kid, don't talk to strangers, talk to every single stranger that you see. Like, <laughs> one, this podcast I listen to, he's always like, talk, to everybody say hi to every single person that walks by you because how many of us sit like this all day long and never even notice 10,000 people walking by that have a different life story if you just said hi to one person in the elevator and started chatting like I started talking to a guy in the elevator the other day and he owns like Red Bull and I was like yeah never would have known that if I hadn't just said hi how are you what's going on like elevator conversation network with everybody because you don't know where it's gonna lead that's my could have been your elevator pitch right there. Elevator pitch. Groups <laughs> on LinkedIn. There's so many like social entrepreneur groups. There's so many on LinkedIn. And then you meet all kinds of people that are already thinking along the same kinds of terms that you are. And then you can build with each other and network and community. And it's those are my two things. I agree. I agree. What does that look like for you, Tosh? I have a very similar philosophy to Mo and to Kate, like with the networking piece and the serving, like Mo said. I think Honestly, those two alone, like for the past three years, have gotten me to a really good place in life because I've been consistently serving and networking for all that time. So serving to me, when I first started out, looked like working with people for free, you know, just getting feedback. How can I improve what I'm doing? You know, what did you like about it? What was the biggest thing? And just going back to the drawing board and making adjustments. So that's the serving, being able to do it, do something before people are willing to pay you to do it. You know, that's not always the case and not every scenario warrants that but that was the case for me uh, I felt that I needed to serve first and then I would be compensated on the back end as time went by um, and then on the networking piece I felt that if someone is in a similar industry to me you know some people people are so competitive and threatened by other people like, like I'm happy in my industry doing great things it doesn't take away from what I'm doing you know it's like uh it's like personal trainers there's a bunch of personal trainers in the world for, for because everybody brings something different to the table. So back to the networking piece, like for the past three, three years, I've been really big on that. People who uh, are doing something similar, serving current and former athletes. I wanna know everybody. I wanna be connected with everybody because you never know, not even just for selfish reasons, like how that can manifest and help me, but how I can help them down the line. And it's actually perfect because now what I'm doing, I never saw this for myself, but really starting to lean into athletes who are entrepreneurs and creating platforms and putting people like that in the spotlight. Now, all those people I've been connected with, I'm able to be like, hey, I have platforms now. I want to interview you for this panel I'm hosting or for this podcast, or I got this event or this co-author book coming up. Networking and serving, just to wrap it up. That's two, yeah. that's two key ingredients right there. And everything is in abundance. Like you said, like every, there's a million loaves of bread on the shelves, but they're all still there, right? There's a million personal trainers, but they're all still bringing value. Like if we think that you can't start something because everyone else has already done it, everyone else isn't you. Everyone else doesn't, like people buy from people or people relate to people, not necessarily the product. So you're creating value. Mm. That's you. Like you were giving gifts and talents that are uniquely you. Right. No one else has them. So you might have the same idea as someone, but you're not gonna manifest it in the same way that they did. And maybe your way is meant to reach someone that theirs can't. So we have like, we have a really big problem in America of coming from 
a mindset of scarcity and lack when in reality if you have a mindset of abundance that yes there's enough for everybody always things are open and flood in in ways you didn't even realize but you have to like think in that way don't think from lack think from surplus there's enough for everybody to go around for the entire world if you just believe that hmm. the, the harvest is plenty right as they say uh and uh what's your take niara i know you uh uh you got started on a project recently uh heard your podcast i think you yeah job. <laughs> um so i kind of more consider myself i guess a business and like operations minded creative than an entre entrepreneur um and that might just be my own self-doubt but that's another conversation um but what has really like pushed me through and and transformed what my my projects and my path look like i've just been like showing up to scenarios and environments as my authentic self like showing up and saying what i want to say and talking about what makes me feel passionate not showing up and saying what in my head makes other makes me sound xyz to other people um and really all of my projects that's how it started is just showing up and talking to the people that are now my partners um i have a few different ones and just say like my podcast started because I was having a really hard day and I was talking to my friend about it and I was like I don't know how to handle this in the workplace I don't know how to talk who, who no one told me how to do this and we were like oh wait yeah no one told us how to do this we should probably tell other people how to do this <laughs> um so yeah just like really making sure that whatever you're saying and however you're showing up is coming from your core and from like who you are not from what you think that other people want to see mm. Well, you hit it on the nose, who you are. We got to get solid on who we are. We all, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't know that, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's Figure right. it out. <laughs> can't help you with that. <laughs> it's people don't realize how much it takes. Like, you don't, I used to as a kid be like, of course I'm going to be me. Who else would I be? And I'm like, there's a lot of options out there. Right. I can be a lot of things other than myself. And then society comes in and tries to tell you how to be and that's not we literally have to unlearn every single thing we were programmed to learn is growing up yep and that is the hardest thing for people to get by i tell my like girls all the time i say feel the fear and do it anyway live in uh, uncomfort or like comfort's great comfort feels good comfort is safe but comfort is boring and comfort won't get you anywhere in life ever Nope. You'll do your same thing every single day. And if you're perfectly fine with never being better than that, then that's your choice. But I'm not comfortable with that. I would rather be a little uncomfortable and not know necessarily like how I'm going to pay rent next month, but know that I'm being my, like Niara said, my authentic self and being who I'm meant to be. And you know what? A lot of people are afraid of people not liking them because of it, but guess what? Then who cares? If people right. don't like you because you're being you, then why would you want them to like you anyway? Also, like, how are you really in a connection with a... I've been trying to get this through my friend's head for a while. Like, you can't make connections with a facade. People cannot connect to you. People cannot... You, you won't feel connected to other people if all they have to work with is your facade, is what you're putting on. Because 
that only goes but so deep. You can't you can't sink roots into that. Mm-hmm. You can only sink roots into a real person. I agree. I agree. Oh man. Uh, no, I think uh, I think that's great. I love. I you know I really love hearing everyone's perspective right on on getting started and 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 what that means to you and and really how to do it. And I think you know I'm hoping that everyone's everyone that's listening can feel comfortable in their own skin that uh, that they can get started however you know wherever you are now and i think and i think that's what you know um that's what it means to me is is just starting where you are uh and 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 contributing what you can and how you can right a lot of times you'll have a specific perspective from your experiences uh that you may not think aligns or can bring value to a certain industry but a lot of times your your value can bring so much value to an industry even if it's completely different right because differences sometimes add value just because of the fact that it's different you know what i'm saying so uh i think that's uh that's key that's key and and as we as we wrap up i know we shared a little bit about our ventures and what we do uh would you mind sharing how to get in touch uh cuz i know that we uh we offer different uh different perspectives and and also avenues that can that can assist someone uh, on getting started um mode so I can jump in yeah um Emmanuel, I'm so sorry. The, what was the question? <laughs> Are we just I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> you just got put on a spot like you do to me all the time, and my brain just goes, nope. <laughs> just letting everyone know how to get in touch, uh, how to get in touch with you, and you know, because yeah. uh, I know that we, you know, we uh, our our specific ventures could specifically align with uh, helping someone get get started, and uh, you know. What that support looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you can support me on Instagram, Visions with Mo. That's across all platforms. So that is Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and then obviously um, LinkedIn is just my name. They won't let me have a cool name on LinkedIn. So <laughs> Morgan Jones on LinkedIn. <laughs> Otherwise, my website is morganmjones.com. Awesome. Awesome. Tosh? Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Kate. You got it. Go ahead, Kate. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, my Instagram is at MissKateSims, like the video game, not to. <laughs> um, and then, but my LinkedIn is Kate Botterbrook. That's like my legal last name. So it's a mouthful. You can try to spell it if you want. I'm on there. I'm the only one, so. <laughs> right. uh, you can connect with me at TajDeshaun.com. All the links to my social media are on there. It's, I'm Taj Deshaun across all platforms. Um, my book is available for pre-order. It's actually coming out in a couple of weeks. It'll be the same website. You can pre-order or order it whenever you hear this at thriveaftersportsbook.com. And then my podcast is available on all podcast platforms, and that is called Drive After Sports. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess uh, that just leaves me. <laughs> um, 
So my podcast is called Persisting in Color. You can find it where you listen to your podcast. And our Instagram is persisting underscore in underscore color. Um, And then you can find my website for merch with like proceeds going to different causes um, at standuparts.squarespace.com. And that's arts with an S. Awesome, awesome. Hey, and I'm looking forward to your book project too in the hour. So keep uh, keep grinding on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, and um, and if you're listening to this, you'll definitely know how to get in touch with me. Uh, and I want to thank you all for uh, for joining in today, man. This was such a great conversation, and uh, very excited to uh, have more more conversations like these. Um, enjoy the rest of your night and we're all in different parts of the country right now so thank you all again for joining us today thank you Emmanuel thanks for putting this together man yes of course of course smile (laughs) oh wait you taking a good selfie (laughs) always (laughs) tag me always (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a good night. And, oh, did you uh, take it? About, did, wait, did you, did you take so it? Fast. Oh, yeah. I already did it. Were we all posing? We're good? Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, I didn't pose. I'm impressed. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. bitty, bitty, bitty. <laughs> I took like six already earlier, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. All right, y'all. Have a great night. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to... Um, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. You are truly the reason why we do this. No, for real, you are. Whether you are a brand new entrepreneur, a seasoned vet, a community leader and stakeholder, or maybe you're just someone who loves to witness and support other people who are doing cool stuff that's impacting the lives of other people and their community. We truly do this for you. So let's stay connected. You can join our community online at www.socialaim.co. And let's help each other grow. Have a great day.